This is war, Luke. As podcasters, it's our job to lead. That doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. But our constant mistakes cost us listeners. That doesn't bother you? Of course it does. This isn't what I trained for. You must adjust to the times. But what if I want to stop podcasting? Then we'll die. This is Force for Thought. Hello and welcome to Force for Thought. We just watched Ahsoka episode 5 and we're here to discuss. I'm Luke. I'm Max. And I'm Matt. And gentlemen, what are your initial thoughts on this episode? Wowie wooey. <laughs> Wowie wooey indeed. That's I don't know what else to say. We got to see some Hayden Hayden Anakin, some Hayden Darth Vader. Uh it was some of the iconography out of this episode is going to be ingrained in my mind for at least the next week, probably until I die. Yeah, Jason Sandula is using his force abilities. Um I, who, uh, Carson is annoying for the first time in all of Star Wars thus far. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that was the only thing we can keep saying during the episode was Carson, not now. It's like time and place, my friend. And then at the end, he, he returns to his normal self. And I was just like, man, he was just so annoying up until the very end. And like he did what he needed to do. But mm-hmm. the ending, I mean, there's I got chills and, and goosebumps. I think maybe two to three times throughout this episode. And uh, and I say two to three times because a lot of those goosebumps lasted, I feel like, like 10 actual minutes. Yes. the Yeah, a bank, real bang for your buck with the goosebumps in this episode. Yes, exactly. Um, it starts out with a lot of aerial shots of Cetos again. Which we, we also got annoyed by. <laughs> we saw those last week. I was I was kind of done with it. With the, with the tease of Anakin Skywalker at the end of episode four, I was really ready to hit the ground running. But I'm glad that they, they waited for it because that scene of Hera looking around and finding Hu Yang and I mean he's not crying but god his body language and the voice acting from David Tennant when he says I told them to stay together yep. that is they such a never perfect... listen yep, which is yes. exactly... they never listen when he repeats it the second time I was like oh man his robotic heart is broke right now and mm-hmm. it's exactly what we were saying they they should have listened to Hu, uh, Hu Yang and they actually stayed together mm-hmm. and they did it and then he was I mean it, it the show takes its time um and I I think that this is a great example of it. It's like we were like, no, just show Hayden Christensen, show Anakin Skywalker. And instead, they led up with Hera, which, again, Hera, one of my favorite characters. Very glad we actually are getting more of her. So, in retrospect, very glad we started with Hera, Chopper, and, and Jason. Yes, I think in a mo- in an episode full of swinging for the fence and hitting absolute home runs left and right, the music in this episode in particular was elite. Yeah. Did you guys mm-hmm. notice that? It, it, yeah. took, it took a step up. There was a lot of classic Star Wars themes in there, too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of classic Star Wars themes. The Ahsoka title theme in the very beginning was different. Like, yeah. I want to go back to listen to all the other ones because I don't even remember what they are, but I'm going to remember this one. You pointed out. You're like, what are we listening to right now? And you, you, something, this is a side note. I wanted, I've been wanting to listen to the Ahsoka soundtrack all week. Um, specifically this week, and is, I realized, is it out? No, no, only it's not. the titles. Usually, Mandalorian and Andor release in batches, so usually four episodes and four episodes, and it is not out at all. And it is I, because aggravating. I, me. I just tried looking it up recently because I was trying to find that uh, Beastie Boys sounding song when we see Sabine for the first time yep. as she flies under the ship. I want to, I want to inject that song into my veins. But anyway, <laughs> for th- this music too, it's also incredible. Yes, and it didn't come a moment too soon because. Yes, this episode has years and decades of build-up to it with Anakin and Soka's story arc and Ezra and finding him and the Pergil. But if the music is not there, then it's just Hayden Christensen in some smoky room with a lightsaber mm-hmm. or some space whales just in, your, in an aquarium. So worst case, it's great. 
That's what I was about to say. <laughs> Everything you're sounding still sounds pretty top notch. I, I guess, but I just no, I, 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 I never noticed the music in such an impactful way as I have with this episode, especially with the Pergil scene at the end, because yes. they are really towing the line of being goofy and dumb, yeah. and they are not there yet, no, at least. And it's is, because of the music. Yes, that is my... I. You know how much I love Star Wars music specifically, but movie music, and the, the ending scene, I mean... It, was a long scene to to have them jump right at every single moment. It is spine tingling how impactful it is. I mean, the way it's shot, complementing with the music, and then also the implications of what's going to happen. Um, it, it was the perfect storm and just like a great combination to like just absolute like electricity. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I I didn't uh, specifically like in my mind uh, place it on the music, but. I did have that conscious thought when they were entering the Purgle's mouth. I was like, this is so goofy. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing those teeth. So many teeth. Yeah. It's the little, mm-hmm. it's what whales use to filter out the uh, the kelp. What do they eat? I don't know. Shrimp? That sounds right. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds right. You're um, a marine biologist, right? Yeah, Art Vandalay? Yeah, that's right. Art Vandalay. Thank you for indulging me with the music and an episode that has just so much more to talk about. Um, did we think after episode four that de-aged Hayden Christensen looked a little goofy. Did it look better in episode five? Like they're, it's not, it was one week apart. They did not use any better or different or new techniques. Did you think it looked better this week than it did last week? I think it was consistent the entire time. I thought when he was maybe a Maybe bit it was just the, the force ghost blue and the, like, the lighting in the yes. world between worlds that made it look odd. I think it's something with his cheeks that felt a little off, but like 5%. Like I think it looked really good. I had no qualms with it, to be honest, last week. And then this week, I feel like just... The way they were able to do this through different years, specifically when he's younger and he has his uh, his combat Clone Wars armor on, which was super cool to see. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into that in a minute, but like, I thought he looked great the entire time. Did you guys have any problems with it? No, and I thought the same thing last week too. When we uh, ended in the world between worlds, I I had no problem with how he looked. I always yeah. thought it looked good. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it, but I could tell it was DH. I could not tell this week. Same. I mean, I yeah. could tell just because I know what Hayden Christensen looks like, but if I didn't, I wouldn't look at that and be like, mm, that looks goofy. No, I think Luke's right, though. I think there is a weird... I think there... Yeah, I know. I know exactly. You can't really describe it, but I think there was like 5% where it's like, yeah, he's DH. But maybe it's also the storytelling and what's happening here, where it's just mm-hmm. like, I, I don't even care. I don't even know what's going on. He's moving a lot. That could be I know. When thing. you're just standing there striking a pose, it's a lot easier to really yeah. analyze. It's it. like, not to mention we've been analyzing that exact picture for seven entire days. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's just the actor. I think it's if you guys didn't had never seen Hayden Christensen in your life and this was the first time, you never would have known. Because I feel the same way about the volume, too. I always get annoyed when people are like, oh, yeah, there were some scenes that you could definitely tell were shot in the volume. And it's like, well, that's because you know it's shot in the volume. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like if you know it's there. But Ahsoka's also know. shot in the volume, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I this looks amazing i mean say similar to what max was saying like i could tell that the clone wars flashbacks were shot in the volume just because Mm -hmm. like it's just a folk a a A smoky room room with a bunch of clone troopers on the edge of it but that's we didn't need any more like they didn't need to go out and recreate an entire battle from the clone wars because it wasn't about the battle from the clone wars it was about ahsoka and anakin and it's like that dreamlike state so it is smoky and it's like it's so it's a little bit of the battle it's a little bit of the 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 memory of it i thought it i mean it worked perfectly for this but i mean even the entire show looks great i mean obviously when they're rescuing ahsoka at the end of the episode it looks fantastic when she's in the water and they're rescue like they actually are rescuing her i loved that that, yeah that was the aesthetic of that 
like scary waters and just like it amplified and her transition back into the to the real world um man this mm-hmm. episode it did not great. it did not answer as many questions as i thought it would we still don't Same. know how ahsoka got into the world between worlds i don't think we're gonna know i don't think we're gonna know either i think that's as much as we're gonna see the force for works now. in mysterious ways i feel like is mm-hmm. what you're gonna i know play it, it <laughs> it's not so much that it's going to like ruin the show or make me upset but i would have liked a little bit more answers but and I, I'm officially wrong left and right. We have not seen Thrawn or Ezra. My prediction was episode four, and then we got Hayden Christensen instead. And then my prediction was like, okay, well, Dave Filoni's directing this. We're going to have live action Ezra and uh, Thrawn for sure. And we also did not get that. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, a lot of char- a lot of character development for Ahsoka, which we have been very starved of in the show up to this point. Yes. But very little plot movement in, yeah. in terms of like finding Thrawn and... The it's Imperial Remnant and all that stuff, Morgan Elspeth and Balin Skull. A lot of internal uh, plot development, like you said, character development. And I, I, so off mic, we were talking, I briefly mentioned that I feel like Ahsoka is a, a miniseries as of right now. It's what it's slighted as. Will it continually be like that? I don't know. But yeah, my theory made was up words. Doing, doesn't mean anything. <laughs> doing something like Mandalorian, where everyone, you know, a lot of our theories was Mandalorian season three was going to be Bo-Katan and then season four is Boba Fett and so on and so forth. Maybe it was the opposite. Something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Pardon me. Is like, do you think this is a mini series, quote unquote, but it'll be the, like a Rebels anthology series. So the next story, you know, Ahsoka will be more of the minor character and Sabine will take that lead and we'll kind of get a continuation of this show, but through a different character's perspective. I'm not saying, I mean, obviously it would need to be called like Rebels Ahsoka or something and then be like Rebels Sabine. Those are bad titles. Um, but like, do you think that's a possibility? Because I don't see Thrawn and Ezra being introduced. I don't see them wrapping up that full story in the next three episodes we have only. No, but I don't think this is a miniseries. I think this is going to have multiple seasons to it. As of right now, it's slated as a miniseries and everything. I that what does that mean? Nothing. I mean, I guess. But if you're coming out with a TV show, it is usually just as the new series or if it's a mini series, your, your expectations, I think we've talked about this. Your expectations are just different because you want the full thing to be wrapped up by eight episodes or 10 episodes versus, I, I mean, it's star Wars. Ahsoka's character will never be wrapped up for yeah. as long as we live. I, I could care less whether it's slated as a series or a mini series mm-hmm. and what that means. I do kind of agree with you that, we're through five episodes, and I don't know how they're going to really wrap up Sabine's character arc in a satisfying way with how much more they still have to do. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I haven't really thought about this that much, but Star Wars moving forward after Ahsoka, I mean, we're getting Skeleton Crew, mm-hmm. we'll get more Din Djarin and Grogu content, but, like, where do we really go from here? Like, we got we to gotta stay with these characters long term. Probably I, Ezra, probably Sabine. I hope so. And I think, is this going to be... The a movie coming out like you know we're talking about with Thrawn it'll being be res- the big bad yeah I think that'll be resolved in that Filoni movie but I'm a, it, this has to be turned into a multiple season I show hope so because it seems to be getting very well received by the fans I don't think they're gonna knock it out of the park and then say okay great let's do something different now. no I mean yeah. from a more cynical standpoint I think they're gonna say this is great let's beat it to death I so, think they know what they have to the fact that they released episode five this episode in theaters as well yeah that you don't just do that. Right, no. I know it's a limited run. It's in like what ten theaters across the the globe, uh, mm-hmm. not very, not many, obviously. But at the same time, you don't just put this in theaters for no reason. Something that's under an hour long, 
you know, in in theaters for no reason. I, I wonder if they had some sort of like special look into the the episode. Or I wonder if they had some sort of like look into episode six or something, um, just as an extra thing. Because I can't see going. I mean, I would love to see this in theaters again. The music, everything is great, but I just wonder if there's a little bit more to it um, in theaters because it just feels odd, um, you know, for the fifty two fifty three minutes. But with that being said, if there was one in Columbus or Ohio in general. I would go if anybody's listening. I was thinking, what's the, what do you think is the farthest you would drive for for that experience? I think I would have gone anywhere in the Midwest. I think in like, the Midwest. I think Where like are you Twelve counting? hours would probably be my max. Were you going twelve? Wow, hours? that's so much longer than me. I would not go that far at all. I agree. I would be willing to go to New York City, which I feel like is the most uh, realistic. So now you're, that, like eight or nine hours from Columbus for one episode. Oh yeah, 53. you wouldn't go. You would have come with me. I you would have had to have done a lot of convincing. Yeah, no, and that's, also that's not the Midwest. <laughs> That's true. It's not the Midwest. Yeah, any within twelve hours of where we are in Ohio, Damn, I think I, I would have gone. I was gonna say Kentucky because that's about three hours away. Actually, virtually I'm saying Cincinnati. this was it in New York? Yeah, it was. Now I'm gonna look stupid. It was in New York, and it was in Chicago, which is closer. It wasn't in Chicago, was yeah. it? Yeah, there was five hours. Yeah, it was in Chicago. Oh my god, why didn't we go? Because I mean, we have jobs, Luke. <laughs> I was about to say for a lot of reasons. Um, if it were in any three cities, it would have been in Chicago, New York, and L.A. But regardless. No, that's that's way too far away. Yeah, give me. It's 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 a one hour show. Thinking, if it were local in Columbus, I would definitely go. But no, so for, you're, if it was on the west side, you would debate going. Of Columbus, yeah, you're, yeah, you're Dublin, <laughs> no, twenty five minutes. It I'm looking to, for twenty or less, baby. It has to be in the greater Columbus area. If it's oh. outside of this zip code, I'm like, nah. this, you're this zip code. My zip code is different than your zip code. Or if it was a Cinemark, I'm an AMC guy. Really? Nah. I'm a Cinemark guy. <laughs> you just do the Jim Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Julie. No, that's not the same sketch. No, but that's a better one. You're thinking of Love Island. Um. Uh, but anyway, so let's let's talk a little bit about these flashbacks. We talked a lot about the music. We talked about the uh, just, I guess the imagery or cinematography or whatever you want to call it, volume discussion. Um, but let's talk about the actual message because I'm trying to gather my thoughts and I want to talk about this mm-hmm. openly and try to figure out what this all meant. So obviously there was that scene in the first episode, I want to say, where she said, um, uh, I walked away from my master Anakin never got to finish my training and now she's finally getting that training finished. So she's finally kind of becoming uh, uh, herself and we see that both uh, visually uh, becoming uh, more lighter in her in her color um, outfits and tones and stuff like that mm-hmm. as well as her personality starting to become a little more of that uh, that snippiness that we saw in the Clone Wars right which is why he called her snips um, Dave Filoni always said that he saw Ahsoka as being kind of like a Gandalf character and so there's some very very similar um, uh, beats that she's following such as you know this death resurrection coming back uh in as like ahsoka the white so to speak and saying um, fly you fools and saying fly you fools well that was before she fell yeah as she was falling into the water she said fly you fools um i'm sorry i said that up for, for you to knock down <laughs> <laughs> but what does i mean i'm so i'm so i'm quick, just trying to process my it one thing i'm sure there's multiple layers to this as well but my biggest thing is that he wants to finish her training right and the training is the mistake that he made which is turning to the dark side and at the very end when she has the opportunity to kill him with the red blade her eyes obviously turn palpatine um you know she turns the saber off and throws it mm-hmm. and that is the completion of her training which is not misstepping which is where anakin mis- misstepped before and that's i assume one part 
of this larger picture. And I'm sure that you'll have a theory and you'll have a theory as well. And I'm sure they're all correct as, you know, honestly, but that was the one thing I got from it. And that was one, again, one thing that I got from it. It's just really cool to me to see both light side, Anakin and dark side, Darth Vader work together basically to teach Ahsoka this one last lesson. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. That's that. That's a great point. I mean, I mean, really turns Anakin into a jack of all trades for his ability to teach lessons that like this is what you could become and this is what you should be. And that's yeah, a, that's a real unique perspective. He's like tenure two times over. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, real quick, I mean, we can talk about the coolest, you know, Max, you alluded to this, but the coolest shots maybe in Star Wars in the, in the past recent years. And that's a bold statement because there's been some really cool ones. But the fact of Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker walking away from us when we first see it and then flashing into Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And then even scarier when he's walking towards Ahsoka in the world between worlds and is just transforming in front of our eyes. And then he does this really cool shoulder shrug thing, which Max said reminded him of Henry Cavill in the Mission Impossible trailer. I'm sure everybody in the entire world understands what that means because it is <laughs> that, very that cool. Is a, that is a very iconic moment. Yeah. And if nobody does, stop listening to this and go watch that trailer. Just to see. Or, you know what? Better let go watch this Ahsoka episode. Uh, um, and I don't know. It was so cool. His fighting stance. We This is an episode of change, right? Like we said, Ahsoka turns from her kind of like hard and stoic um, version of herself to that more snippiness. And we see that transition and her back into the Clone Wars. But even her, when she kind of comes out as like Ahsoka the White, she is a little bit more loose. She's a little bit more... Uh, yeah, you know, we've been talking about that for weeks now. If there's going to be that transition, and, and they're finally there, yep. and it's so satisfying to see. And just like we were saying earlier about something else, that it's nice that they made us wait for it. They let us sit with it and experience what the alternative is if Ahsoka yep. does not choose to live and she does keep going down the same path that she was down and doesn't complete her training with Anakin. Yeah, and now she's. For all, uh, for all intents and purposes, an, a whole new character, and I can't wait to see where she goes. I mean, what does this mean for her relationship with Sabine when she gets yeah. back with her? Their whole dynamic is going to be changed. I, There's just so much to look forward to. And in classic fashion, I saw a bunch of people complaining on the internet saying like, oh, I don't like Ahsoka. She's too standoffish in this show. And once again, it's like, listen, just just wait. Just, give just it a, watch just it. Give it, give it a, a chance. A literal minute. Yeah. Let it let it but figure then, itself out here. It's we a also, show. We also get Jason kind of and his force uh, force abilities as well. So again, I am every blown single... away at the amount of Jason content we've been getting in this yeah, show. And I liked it. I was expecting to see him. Yep. And not maybe nothing more. I every single time he's on screen, There's, it is a perfect beat. For they're his setting character. him up right for to be like a character in longevity. I assume. Like, hey, yeah. this is a character named Jason Zendula. He will indeed be a main character in another show. And, like, they'll be like, oh, this is, yes, this makes a lot of sense. What's um, his training going to look like? Don't go to Luke. Don't go to that temple. We do know not what go to that there. temple. <laughs> Stick with Hugh Yang. Temple. Oh, man. What does it mean, though? Could he be in the Ray movie? That's After what I'm the saying. events of the Rise of Skywalker? Exactly. So it's like we're introduced to him as a child, but, like, we don't have to see in even his, his like, teenage years or anything. Like, he could literally just be in the Ray movie, and this could all be connected. Because older than Ray, right? And that's the thing. Is the Ray movie, if they're, if they're planning this accordingly with all the shows they're, they're building, right? All these can be seen as building blocks. And the Ray movie can tie together the new TV shows, such as Mandalorian and Ahsoka, as well as the sequel trilogy in this perfect harmonious combo with all three of these movies kind of interchanging and showing characters at different ages, uh, 
it just sounds so exciting as I'm saying that. Like, I hope that makes sense. I hope you guys I agree. I, I wonder if um, they were kind of testing the waters in The Mandalorian when they teased the clones with Moff Gideon, and everyone was like, oh, my God, is it going to be Snoke? Is that going to be Palpatine? Mm-hmm. That's, what's it going to be? And then they were like, all right, now, it was actually just Moff Gideon playing with clones, but we wanted to see if you'd be excited, and you are. Yes, so exactly. We'll that going forward. You passed the test. And I'm so glad we did. As That's a culture. Funny. So... <laughs> I guess I'm just like a, a donkey brain who doesn't understand the world between worlds or what all that meant. So I want to ask you guys, who was Anakin? Do you do you think that that was actually Anakin in the world between worlds? Was that a Force Ghost Anakin? Is it just Ahsoka's like subconscious? There was an article I... published four hours ago, I believe, with maybe Filoni saying what version of Anakin this was, but... I, I think, it, I think was, Force Ghost Anakin. Yeah, I was going to say, definitely, it was actually Anakin for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it was kind of like with, um, at the end of Return of the Jedi Anakin, right? It's like... Yeah, I think it's also, that Anakin. I, I think it has to be after Return of the Jedi, because there was that one part where Ahsoka said, I won't fight you, and he's Anakin said, I've heard that one before. Mm-hmm. Which isn't something that Ahsoka would know in order for her subconscious to think that that's oh what Anakin would say. Oh my god, I did say. not put that together. Luke says that to him, of course. Yeah. I kept thinking, like, no, Ahsoka says to Vader in Rebels, like, I won't leave you, not again. And then mm-hmm. Vader says, then you will die. I, yeah, of course it's after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Okay, so that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> cross so for that, that reason, cross that one off my list. <laughs> so let me get really nitpicky here and point out the fact that Anakin was kind of rude. Because if this is Anakin post-Return of the Jedi, and he just happens to look young because he was dead, and then gets to make fun of Ahsoka for looking old, that doesn't <laughs> seem very fair. He's he's older than she is at this point. That's true. That's and not fair. You're right. He's not... just saying, like, oh, you look terrible. Not like me, because I'm dead. Yes. you should. <laughs> it, it, her not knowing what he looks like when he dies. Yeah. Yeah, he looked way worse at the end of his life. Like a moldy <laughs> potato. <laughs> That's true. Um, we got a Senator Organa reference. I know. That was yeah. exciting. None of us said anything in the moment. I know. <laughs> I was like, what? I think we were all waiting for something like, <gasps> is there going to be more about that? I know. <laughs> and also, there was so much in that episode. That's, we got all, okay, like you said, we got a Senator Senator Organa reference, and none of us said anything. That's how packed this episode was. Yes. In any other episode, we'd be like, oh, but no, we did not. Yeah. So, the World Between Worlds stuff, absolutely incredible. Do you think that's the last time we'll see the World Between Worlds in this show? I think so. I think it's the last time we'll see the world between worlds for years, unfortunately. I think Dave Filoni like introduced it in Rebels mm-hmm. um, as like to, to serve Ahsoka's story and for the what it means to the mythology, and it's all very cool. But I think in the back of his mind when he was making this for Rebels, he was like, Ahsoka's going to finish her training one day yep. through the world between worlds, and then I'm going to close the chapter on it. That's a great I don't know point, if it's going to be closed forever, though, because Dave I mean, Filoni yeah, always talks about... Nothing's ever closed forever, but I think this was the end game for him. Yeah. I agree. He he always talks about how the world between worlds is not about time travel. It is just a place where everything connects through the force. Um, all time and uh, space connect through the force. Um, and he, he talks about how like everyone saw it in Rebels when Ezra went back there to save Ahsoka. But he said that it was really in Rebels multiple times before that even. Because Ezra was in the world between worlds when he first got his lightsaber crystal. Uh, and then he was in there again when he was communing with Yoda. Uh, he just like hadn't unlocked all of his powers. That's a weird way of phrasing it. But I'm paraphrasing. He just hadn't unlocked all of his powers and like aware of the force around him to know that that's what was happening or where he was. So I feel like... 
sounds like I'm a gonna, budget issue. I'm going to say me. no. I'm going to say no. We're going to see the world between worlds again. I think just about any time we're going to get any force user to have some sort of vision or something, it's going to be involved with the world between worlds. I I hope not though. To I mean, maybe very sparingly, because like this has an emotional connection to it because it's Ahsoka. She was saved through the world between worlds, and so if it just is randomly shown through something else, it would it would it's not going to have the gravity to it. And it's just become a random another plot device, and I'd rather have it be very, used very sparingly. And like Luke said, kind of live and die with Ahsoka or Ezra, somebody that has some sort of connection to it. I'm glad it's out there, but like if we just if that's randomly like a big part of the Ray movie, I'll be kind of upset. I feel like. I don't know about Seth. I, I would I also like would, to see it with that being said. I don't think it would be part of the Ray movie. I wouldn't be surprised if it is a main part of the um, Jason Sandula series that's going to come out in 2030. <laughs> 2030. Also, when they they go there and Ahsoka's like, this is the Clone Wars. And then Anakin's like, no kidding. That was very funny. <laughs> I know. he that was And that was part of it. That like joking and having this sort of attitude toward life he's is just arming important yeah. yeah it's a good method to get through the things you have to do and if you just dwell on all the darkness then it's going to consume you and you have to take the good with the bad and look i mean it sounds so juvenile to say look at the bright side but like <laughs> you have to embrace light wherever you can as a jedi and mm-hmm. during the clone wars and the rest of ahsoka's life it's been so hard to find any of that light yeah and you have to create it yourself and be the light for other people as a jedi yeah and now she's wisecracking and presumably pissing off who yang who's just like do they know where they're going and she's like i don't know but somewhere's better than nowhere yeah she's taking like such a-, a good line he said they could take us anywhere and she said that's better than nowhere yep She's is, really taking a Harold and Kumar like lesson. Just wherever the world takes us, we'll, we'll hit it up. I feel like Hu Yang is going to prefer the old Ahsoka, and that's going to be a funny plot point. Yes, I agree. <laughs> There's also um, one of my favorite beats of the show, uh, the, uh, the episode rather, is when Hu Yang is talking to Hera, and he says, um, "You do things because you care, and that's why people like you." I was like, "Ah, oh, that was a good." Beat. I've like never. I mean, like that is like the most simple way to put why I like Hera so much, and I'm like, yes, this is exactly why I like her, and it's like she, which is the end. And I know I've been like hounding this since episode one because I did not say it right, Max. <laughs> and yeah, and I, last episode, I also said the same thing. But I think that's what I was trying to say when I meant like when Ahsoka is doing things because she thinks she has to versus because she she almost almost like I don't know not not doing things because she cares but because she, she thinks she has to, and now on the other side she feels like she's probably gonna do more of the Hera route. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree, and that that is the kind of thing I was trying to say on the line where she says I choose to live, and yeah. Anakin says you can either choose to fight or you can choose to die, and she chooses to live. And I was tr- I was trying to put my finger on exactly the right words, and you just said it. It's a, and it is very similar to Hera's story arc, just like that. That makes me happy. I want to point out one thing real quick. So ever since last week, the internet was all abuzz trying to decipher whether or not Anakin Skywalker had on his hilt or had on his belt Anakin's or Darth Vader's lightsaber. Mm -hmm. It was in a dark room and it looked dark and a lot of people kept saying like, oh, he has Darth Vader's lightsaber. And I kept saying, no. That's not, because I tried making a TikTok video about it, and halfway through making it, I'm zooming in, and I'm like, that's Anakin's lightsaber. (laughs) I was like, everyone's just wrong about this. So I scrapped the video, and then I'm seeing all these other people talk about it, and then I'm like, crap, if I'm wrong, I'm going to be ticked that I didn't make that video, because I could have gone viral about this. But no, he activated the lightsaber, and it was Anakin's lightsaber, at least at first. So... 
to be fair, I, I do agree. I was on the train that it was Vader's lightsaber hilt last week, and now I'm on the it was Anakin's lightsaber hilt train. But to be fair, it did change color multiple times. Yeah. So you don't. That's not really. Confusing. That's why I said at first. But no, when he activated the first time, it was blue. Who's to say that was the right time? Then, if he can change it at any time, that was. I think Luke, you literally. I think you said. I guess a lot of people were wrong when he when he ignited the blue saber. Yeah, well, it also looked like Anakin Silk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a very funny moment. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I love this episode. I think they did... I, keep, I feel like every week I have this little tangent where I'm like, yeah, this is a great episode. They're doing everything right. But man, they are doing everything right, and this is a great episode. I'm very surprised with the ending and that Ahsoka is going to this other galaxy. I thought for sure they were going to essentially be picking up Thrawn and bringing him back to this galaxy. This just opens up a lot more questions for me is Thrawn ever going to make it back to this galaxy do we think he's going to somehow stay out there that Ahsoka is going to be able to prevent them from getting him and stop Morgan and all of them but no I don't think so because he's got to be in this galaxy for the Thrawn movie that Filoni's directing yeah I agree which is kind of a meta analysis but that makes sense but every single thing that we've kind of theorized has been semi wrong and so part of me is like I don't know maybe what if what if Thrawn dies. Ezra's bad now. We kind of get like a bizarro Jerry situation where like... It's weird that you went with Jerry instead of Superman. Yeah, just say bizarro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just watched that Seinfeld episode recently. Seinfeld references about Superman references. Yeah, I literally added another word to get to that point. (laughs) Um, But it could be like a bizarro thing where Ezra now is just bad or something. Like, is that a direction? Sabine is going to save somebody that she actually doesn't know and their family's broken and again i have no idea i'm just kind of throwing anything at the wall now uh no i don't think that is likely i hope not but that would suck. I, guess, uh, I guess anything's possible this episode really doesn't have as much to talk about is it because shin Hatsi wasn't in it perhaps but <laughs> there was just a lot less plot devices that happened it was all just ahsoka character growth mm-hmm. which it's kind of odd that they saved it for episode five of eight but like I said before, it's good that we got the oh. to experience Ahsoka before, and now we'll experience Ahsoka after. We get Rex. Why do we not talk about that? Oh yeah, we got some it's good a moment. Rex. Yeah, we got some for, good Rex cameos. First live action Rex. We got to see him in Phase One and Phase Two during the Clone Wars. Yeah, do you that think that's awesome? New new audio for Tem, or do you think that is like old dialogue they repurposed? No, I bet that's new. What was the line? I don't remember? remember, but it feels very generic where they could have just been like, okay, he says this. Or I remember he does say commander, and I don't remember him ever saying commander in the prequels because he that... only refers to Padawans as commanders. I hope they actually got him. With that being said, they could have easily, you know, Bob Iger, Mr. Disney himself, is very on the AI train, and we all know how Tem talks, and it's probably pretty easy to recreate. It's pretty distinct. <laughs> that would be so... Un- making so much unnecessary work for themselves to but create it with AI when... You know Tamora Morrison is just sitting in New Zealand waiting for a call from Disney. But this this episode, I feel like there's a million things that we, we missed. Um, I mean, just like, and I think I've already talked about this, but Anakin's just like, uh, uniform changes throughout the episode are rad. Uh, the fact that he's mm-hmm. aged, his, his haircuts just, just to show um, Ahsoka and her and her headpieces as well changing throughout just to show time changing. She has her green lightsaber when we first see her, and then it turns to blue. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many little details like that that are super nice continuity. Um Part of me is like mm-hmm. the, the nerd scrunching up my glasses. I'm like, actually, when they go to young Ahsoka Padawan mm-hmm. and she says, this is what this was one of our first missions in the Clone Wars. And I was like, oh, well, then why aren't you in your tube top, Ahsoka? Because that's what you were wearing in the beginning. <laughs> that's of the, true. Of Clone Wars. But I like that they didn't go there. And the tube top. 2008 animation was a different world. Yeah, it must have been. 
Um, but the, they, they did that also in Tales of the Jedi when they had um, early Clone Wars and they had Ahsoka and basically the outfit we saw this episode. But gonna, yeah, it was great mm-hmm. seeing the Clone Wars in two different eras. Um, the Siege of Mandalore, I wish they was a different color because it looked a lot like any of the other battles. And I was like, oh, it would just be nice to, to transition and just like change that fog color a little bit. Give me a little bit of something. Yeah, Give me some could, green. Done that. It was really cool seeing the Siege of Mandalore, though. We I got agree. to see those Maldalorians, the, the Mandalorians with the Maul spikes. Very cool. That was the first time we've seen them in live action. There's a lot more to talk about, I feel, but I'm I'm also just gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns and say I I have a feeling that though I'm gonna go back on one thing and the between the world world between worlds I I still feel like Ahsoka's gonna show up to Sabine as Ahsoka the White. Somehow later on this ep- this this show, it just she she's Ahsoka the White now. It's just set up. Things are gonna go haywire. Things are not gonna go well, and then she's gonna go back and and refix things as a new Ahsoka, understanding how to train Sabine better, so she doesn't go with Balin Skull at the end. I still don't see how I I don't see them going time travel and like going back to that moment in her white garb. I wouldn't be that surprised now that we got Ahsoka the White if they have that exact moment again and like Ezra and Thrawn get back into this galaxy and then Thrawn captures Ezra again and like takes him and galvanizes the Imperial Remnant and then Sabine like goes home to get her stuff and Ahsoka picks her up again. So it is that same shot just like drastically recontextualized to be like actually when you saw this in Rebels it was totally different than what the voiceover was saying. I just wanted to put that out there. I think that's what happens. Ezra's out there and we gotta go find him. (laughs) That is... That is well, okay. I I don't have much else to say. You guys have anything? I'm trying to scan through my brain to be honest, because I just feel like we just we didn't talk about Rex or the green lightsaber versus the blue. Um, I again, the show looked great. I'm glad we or the pacing I think is stellar. Hu Ying and Jason's relationship is really funny. I'm glad we're getting more Chopper. The Chopper doing like the oh is really mm-hmm. funny and very, uh, you know, obviously uh, very Rebels adjacent, uh, which makes sense. And it, I'm glad his personality is kind of staying the same. We get the ghost flying, which looked amazing. I know we've seen that before. Um, uh, I mean, every every the whole I don't know the whole space battle. Not <laughs> there wasn't a space battle. The whole space scene was great when Carson was trying to buy some time. I don't know. The whole thing looked visually great. It's hard. This episode is specifically hard to describe, I think, because it is such a feeling, which is, I think, what Star Wars should be and is. And it's just the same. Again, the ending scene of this episode is the same, maybe not as intense feeling that I got when watching the procession scene in Andor. It's just something that you just have to watch and watch and watch. And it, I know there's very few, there's very few special moments like that in any sort of IP, in any sort of movie or any sort of TV show. And we're lucky enough in Star Wars that if you stick around with it, you're going to have a lot of those moments. And I think they're just building on it. Um, and it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Do you guys think we're going to see Anakin anymore in the show? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Do you? I don't, no. I don't feel like I just gave like this long explanation. You're like. Do you like turtles? <laughs> like I feel like you're just like you. You went back to me. Like, no, I, mean, I, I agree with everything you said. I know it's just funny. It's just a funny contrast to be like yeah, Star Wars is great. It's a beautiful moment, blah blah. So what do you like? <laughs> it's just very funny. Is that of, more or less awkward than than an awkward pause and just being like, okay, anyway. 
<laughs> no, I'm just trying to go right into it. I'm, look, no. the, the screen is still, we literally just watched uh, Ahsoka. It's still on the screen, and we went back, rewatched a couple scenes, so I'm staring right now at an image of Anakin and Ahsoka on the screen, and it's all I can think about right now is this image, and I'm just like, I wonder if I'm going to see that anymore. I don't think I am. I think that was all we're going to see of, of Hayden Christensen, but... I agree. Oh, man, was but it great. Also, that's one, another thing. Is I'm so glad they're using Hayden Christensen, and obviously, again, people have been coming around to the prequels, but like... The fact that he is able to be in Kenobi, the fact that he's able to be in Ahsoka, I am so glad they're actually being able to and take advantage of these people. Same thing with Tem, same thing with uh, Ewan McGregor, like all these people being able to come back and, you know, get more of the love that they deserve for these movies. And I know it was a different time in like 2002, 99, and there's, again, expectations are kind of like uh, the the death of... of um, of joy, I think, in a way. Um, but I, I'm, gl- I'm so glad they're actually being able to utilize these characters, these people, these actors, in such a stellar way. And I'm, I hope they keep on doing this. I hope I hope they do too. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised we've never gotten any more Natalie Portman. Honestly, I, that's a great I, call. I yeah, she's going to be in something. She's never is, and she's all, you know she's back in the MCU. So I feel like she's there. she might be a little too expensive. I guess like E. McGregor. I feel like is like I really I, Mace Windu. Same thing. I feel like they no. could do that too. In this day and age, their cost is not going to stop them from bringing back a legacy character if they want to. That's a good call. It needs to have a good story-driven purpose, though, for it. Yeah. And I feel like I haven't seen it yet. I mean, maybe there is a story there, but I feel like there's never been an opportunity where I'm like, oh, I wish they had Padme for this moment or something. Yeah, me neither. I, I just think that they would create that moment by now for how much they like bringing back legacy characters in the last few years. I mean... Not just Star Wars. Like, the last five years have been so heavy with nostalgia porn where you just, like, oh, you liked this character 20 years ago? We're bringing him back. But if they do that, then they should just get Samuel L. Jackson, like Matt said, and give us Mace Windu. Because we know he didn't die when he flew out that window. Why are you so keen on Mace Windu surviving? Because there's a great story after that. What happened after he flew out that window? All right. Yeah. Final thoughts? You guys have anything last to say? I'm excited to see Beelan Skull and Shinhadi next episode. I want to know what happens with Morgan. I mean, there's so much to explore, and that's why, you know, I, I've been saying it's a miniseries. Did you find any confirmation on the miniseries, Maxwell? You no, were I tried it? to look up IMDb to see if it was, like, slated for a it second season or something. either but way. I'm confident it's going to come back as another I, season. I, I hope not. so, because Morgan's an interesting character as well, and the whole... And that's a whole interesting thing that we haven't explored almost at all, besides Merrick. And then, like, I don't know. That's a, I, there's so much more. I hope this show goes on. Merrick, I would have from the beginning guessed that he died, and I'm hoping that Balin dies, just because I want some resolution to the character Balin Skull. Um, but I would be. I, I'm confident that Thrawn's character isn't going to die, or his story is going to end in this show. Yep. And I'm guessing Shin or Morgan are also going to make it past this season, and they're going to carry on to future seasons. I hope it's so. going to be a multiple season show. I hope so. They, I also like they can't wrap it up by no. Eight. I and I, they these characters honestly don't deserve even Morgan, who is like the, I guess the least interesting out of the villains somehow. Like she's super interesting, but like out of the ones, I guess maybe like she deserves. All these characters deserve to see what is going to happen next, right? They don't deserve a, uh, a return of the Jedi Boba Fett ending <laughs> where it's just like, that sucked. You know, we, I think all these characters deserve to see some sort of conclusion and, and story arc. Yeah. It's an interesting spot to be in where they bring in Hera and put her in live action. And she is written and acted just as well as she was in rebels. And I love the character just as much. And she's my least interested part of this Dang. series. Like, yeah. 
I mean, w- wouldn't you agree? Like, we I got, don't we think got so. a lot of Ahsoka con- or a lot of Hera content in this episode. Mm-hmm. We barely talked about it because, like, oh yeah, they're gonna maybe derank her, and it's like, oh, hope she's okay. But mm-hmm. uh, let's get to this other galaxy. Let's see Shin Hadi and Balin Skull and, hey, I've and been Ezra ta- and Thrawn. I brought up Hera it, multiple times this episode. It doesn't have as much stakes because, like we said, from a meta perspective, we kind of know that Thrawn's going to have to come back to this galaxy at some point, and presumably, whenever that does, Hera's going to be vindicated and be like, oh, see there, I told you. Yeah, but I wouldn't be that surprised if she does get stripped of her rank and they have to get like a small little rebellion to stop. They got to get the band back together. That's when Zeb comes in. I'm still on the Zeb train. Oh, last thing. Do you think we're going to see Thrawn and Ezra? Do you think Ahsoka's actually going to make it to them next episode? Or do you think she's going to be wandering around this galaxy? Because that's something I haven't considered. I just assumed they're going to... I hope she makes it to them. Hu Ying literally says we can be going anywhere. I think they'll be in that vicinity, but like that's like arriving on Earth and being like, okay, where's where's Luke at? And you land in Arizona. It's like there could be. Yeah, I wonder if it'll be like um, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, which was not that good of a movie, but perfect. They, they get to the <laughs> quantum realm, and uh, Kang has like already conquered it and has an entire army. I wonder if that's what it's gonna be. Like, oh sort of shit! Galaxy. And Ezra's leading an underground rebellion in this separate galaxy. Yeah, something. and Thrawn already has an army, and that'd be really interesting. Oh man, you preface that by saying this is pretty much the same thing as Antum and Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, which I agree wasn't that great. But what you just said got me really excited. It's a good idea for a movie. All right. Well, that that wraps up our thoughts on Ahsoka Episode 5. Let us know what you thought. Leave a comment, like, subscribe, however you're watching. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And until next time, thanks for listening. Wait, does anybody have Force for Thought? Oh, we do have Force for Thought. I do have a Force for Thought, yes. at the uh, During last uh, episode, um, we were talking about Merrick being dead and how uh, a lot of people, including myself, wanted it to be Galen Merrick, uh, Darth Vader's secret apprentice from the Force Unleashed video games. And we started talking about names. And we said that, you know, it, it's not uncommon for names in Star Wars to sound like other names. And, yes, and you didn't have any examples. And I had no examples. It. I'm so excited. So I came back to it. I have a small list here, but just a, just a couple of examples of just names that sound similar. Okay. So starting with Merrick, we have Antok Merrick, who is the blue leader in Rogue One. We have Galen Merrick, and we have Merrick. Uh, also Satine and Sabine. Satine and Sabine. Yep. There's multiple Galens, Galen Merrick and Galen Erso. There's Krennic, and there's Fennec. There's Kylo Ren, there's Sabine Ren, there's Dryden Voss, there's Quinlan Voss, there's Cad Bane, and there's Darth Bane, and we've seen numerous Antilles. So it's not uncommon for names to be substantially similar in Star Wars and for it to not really mean anything. That's a great point, Maxwell. Yeah. Those are just the examples that I came up with. There are there are a lot. You're right. I've never thought about Kylo Ren and Sabine Ren. They have the same last name, but like they're not like family names yeah, so it's, it's not spelled differently but unless you're watching with subtitles what does that mean yeah Man, that's that crazy kind of, that is kind of there upsetting are, there are a lot <laughs> so anyway let me know if there's uh other ones that i missed that uh you can think of that is some good force for thought i'm gonna be chewing on that all week me too <laughs> man all right so you can go ahead and just cut my part from earlier and just put it now all right that sounds good <laughs> yeah, i'm sure that's how this will end up <laughs> see you sammy